to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 20th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, you know what holiday it is today, don't you? No. Oh. This week, on the 20th of May, I declare Eliza Doolittle Day. <laughs> so I'm accept, expecting something epic mm-hmm. from the great and the good Laura Benanti today. I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping we get something from her. Um, but in the meantime, we have a ton of stuff for you to listen to from the podcast feed over the weekend. We've got a bunch of stuff in the show today, so I'm just going to run through these really quickly. First up, uh, Natalie Nowak popped in with her latest episode of On My Way to a BFA, recapping her junior year at the Hart School. Then on Saturday afternoon evening, I had a new episode of Tell Me More where I finally got the episode that I've been teasing for a while with the wonderfully delightful Jaime Camille uh, talking about not only his time on stage, both in Mexico and in the U.S., um, he also talked about what his dream musical theater roles would be. So that's a fun conversation. But he also talked about Jane the Virgin and his new show, which just got picked up to series on CBS last week uh, called Broke. So listen to that. And then James, you, Peter and Michael uh, talked about some shows, but you also had a conversation that um, was a little offensive to me personally. Uh. Uh, um, <laughs> you guys discussed uh, audience choice awards. Um, Mm -hmm. As the person who organizes all of the nominees, so to speak, for the Broadway World uh, Audience uh, Choice Awards, I I was a little offended by some of the positions taken, but I won't hold them against anybody personally. Well, thank you. I I think that the the big story was uh, Jaime Camille um, and uh, his, you know, he point blank was ready for you. You said any roles you want to play. And he said Sweeney. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, oh my goodness, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. And He's and true. then and then he and I uh saw very much eye to eye on Mamma Mia. So uh <laughs> which which he starred in at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Um so so he was very open about how uh, it probably yeah. wasn't a great show actually. <laughs> well, they all had a good time, which, you know, is, is part of theater as well. All right, let's jump into the news. Um, we should uh, preface this by saying it's an especially long episode that we're going to have uh, this morning because of our discussion with Oliver Henry Roth at the very end of this. Um, but don't be intimidated by the length of the episode. So first up in the news, David Byrne will return to Broadway with an American utopia. Yeah, James, fans either know David Byrne as the lead singer of the iconic art pop band The Talking Heads or as the co-writer behind the award-winning off-Broadway musical about Imelda Marcos, Here Lies Love. Um, you know, two very that's different how, That's how Peter Felician knows him. Yes, exactly. Well, Byrne will be making his Broadway performing debut this fall when he brings his latest work to the Hudson Theater. However, this isn't going to be like one of those in-residence things where he just sings his greatest hits, but it's also not exactly a full show like Here Lies Love. Instead, it is being described as a theatrical concert. The work, American Utopia, started much like Here Lies Love Love did as a concept album. After its release in January of last year, Byrne took the show on tour, and NME, a major British music magazine and website, called it, quote, perhaps the most ambitious and impressive live show of all time, blurring the lines between gig and theater, poetry, and dance. Well, Byrne will 
he's actually still touring with it. But first, before it comes to Broadway, he will be doing a run at Boston's Emerson Colonial Theater from September 11th through September 28th, and then moving on to New York where we'll play at the Hudson from October 4th through January 19th. This is not like a, uh, hey, pop in for a week or two. This is a legit theatrical run. Burns Here Here Lies Love director Alex Timbers is the production consultant, and Annie B. Parson will do the choreo and musical staging um, and has for the tour as well. Now, James, there were a lot of people bemoaning the fact when this came, uh, when this press release came out, that, a Broadway theater would be occupied this fall by a non-play or musical. Well, personally, A, I don't think this is going to be the only one of those. I think we're probably going to have at least one more theater probably this fall occupied by something that's not a play or a musical, but we'll get to that when the announcement comes. And B, we always say that we want Broadway to take risks and push expectations and push boundaries of what a theatrical piece can be. And this, to me, James, certainly seems to be that. It is not a traditional musical, but it is not a traditional concert. And if we are find ways to blur to blur those lines, I'm totally fine with that. Matt, do you have your real estate spreadsheet? Uh, I do now, yes. Um, it, do we have anything coming into the Hudson after January 19th? Or can this possibly extend if it's a hit? There is nothing as of now announced post-January 19th, no. Interesting. All right. Uh, So next up in the news, Drama League award winners are are announced. Yeah, James. On Friday, the Drama League announced their 85th annual awards winners at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square. In addition to the previously announced Kelly O'Hara, the aforementioned Alex Timbers, and Taylor Mack, all of whom received non-competitive awards, we had the following winners. For outstanding production of a Broadway or off-Broadway play, the winner was The Ferryman. For outstanding revival of a Broadway or off-Broadway play, a revival, um, the winner was The Waverly Gallery. In the outstanding production of a Broadway or off-Broadway musical category, the winner was Hades Town. And in the only production category that I think was an upset in my mind, um, that was the outstanding revival of a Broadway or off-Broadway musical. That went to Kiss Me Kate, despite heavy competition from not only Oklahoma, like it'll have at the Tony Awards, but also shows including Carmen Jones, which is one a number of awards already as well. In the Distinguished Performance category, Brian Cranston was declared the lone winner. Now, James, when you have 53 nominees, only one winner in a category, it's difficult to say that anything was really an upset. But I really expected Elaine May to win. Um, One, because her performance in the Waverly Gallery was brilliant. And obviously, they awarded the Waverly Gallery with Best Revival of a Play. Um, but also for sentimental reasons. I mean, it's been 50 years since she's been on Broadway, and the chances of her coming back aren't great. So I, I was really kind of surprised uh, by that selection. Not that Brian Cranston didn't deserve it, but he's probably going to be on Broadway again in the near future, while Elaine May might not be. But while we're on the subject of awards, James, I do want to run through really quick what's going to happen in the awards calendar this coming week. Currently, as we are recording, The Cheetah Rivera Award Ceremony is ongoing, so we will have those winners for you tomorrow. Then tonight will be the Obie Awards, hosted by Rachel Bloom. Then on Wednesday, the Off-Broadway Alliance will announce their winners. And on Thursday, the Outer Critics Circle will have their ceremony to present the actual awards to their previously announced winners. All right. So uh, quickly, uh, what do we think? What's your gut feeling on... The revival category. Uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of all of a sudden uh, anxiousness about Oklahoma. 
Uh, I, I thought that it was a foregone conclusion that Oklahoma was going to win the Tony for the uh, for the revival category. What do you think? I I agree. I think it's a. I think it will. Um, I think it'll. I, I think it'll win. And I not that we see the results, but I don't think it'll necessarily be close. Um, obviously, the the nominators are not the same people that are doing the voting and it's obviously a much smaller group so it's not representative but the fact that we only had one performer um nominated from kiss me kate while we had three from oklahoma um and i'm not i don't have all the categories so i don't know what the necessarily the other design um nominations might have been between the two but i i would be shocked if oklahoma despite how divisive it can be didn't actually win because it it really is a great piece of theater, even if you just didn't like some of the choices that it made. All right. So um, let's get on to the recommendation section. What do you got for me? Okay, I've got three things. I'm going to do them really quickly because, like you said, we've got a long episode today. But first up, the folks over at Maestra put together a wonderful interactive timeline of female composers throughout the history of Broadway, looking at every single person, uh, every single woman, to be more specific, who's uh, been a composer on a Broadway show from the early reviews in the early 1900s all the way through full scores of today. Then we have a couple of videos from Patti Lapone's 70th birthday concert with the New York Philharmonic, including a special rendition of Bridge Over Troubled Waters with the indomitable Bridget Everett. Uh, Everett. And finally, uh, Laura Collins Hughes and Darren King put together a great piece for the New York Times looking at what happens in the 30 minutes before uh, showtime at five Broadway shows, complete with quotes and photos. They were backstage um, at Inc., Town, Ain't Too Proud, Tootsie, and Oklahoma. Now, personally, James, I kind of feel like the New York Times maybe owes a royalty to our friends uh, at Curtain Call uh, over in the UK. I think they kind of stole their whole gig there. Um, but <laughs> who am I to judge, I suppose? <laughs> All right. Uh, New York Times putting those packages together. I love them before the Tony Awards. I just wish they would uh, do that all year. So uh, what do we have in other news? All right. So this is actually something you sent me uh, over last week, James. In an article in Adweek, NBC Entertainment chairman George Cheeks explained that the decision to cancel Hair Live, which was supposed to air last night on Sunday the, the 19th, actually had more to do with HBO's schedule for the finale of Game of Thrones than it did with the poor ratings of Rent Live. The I don't know necessarily if I believe that 100%, but we'll... We'll, we'll get into it. Um, while Cheeks reiterated that NBC was very much still in the live musical game, the way he said it made you think that the content um, with with hair and obviously with Fox's rent might not be the direction they're going to be taking it in the future. He said, quote, we're actually negotiating to acquire a couple titles that we feel are broader and will have more co-viewing opportunities. But this is not in any way us saying goodbye to that very important live musical franchise. Now, James, I told you at the time, back when it was actually canceled, that I had heard that the main reason um, that it was it wasn't going to be airing on NBC was actually because they couldn't get approval on changes to the script that they felt would be appropriate for an NBC audience and censors. So either way, um, it apparently was not meant to be. But I'm glad that NBC is still invested in making live musicals on the network. 
Uh, anyway, moving on. On Friday, we also learned the first batch of stars that will p- participate in the Transport Group's concert presentation of Sweet Charity. These concerts always have a ton of stars rotating through characters, so it's not like one person's playing a certain part. But uh, this one will feature, as of now, more will be announced later, Santino Fontana, Rachel Bay Jones, John Cariani, Julie Klossner, Nico Graf Lanzaroni, Beth Malone, Paolo Montalban, Bonnie Milligan, Scarlett Strallen, Alicia Umfris, Kate Weatherhead, and more. The event will take place on Monday, June 7th. 17th at 8.30 p.m. at the Kaufman Music Center. And finally, uh, with our last little bit of news, um, it was announced last week that the West End production of Kinky Boots will be screened in U.S. movie theaters on June 25th and 29th via Fathom Events. Tickets are on sale now. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I forget, was it uh, on air that we were talking about uh, more things being filmed here in the U.S. versus over over in uh, uh, the U.K. Was it with uh, you? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Who knows? I can't keep track. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that Kinky Boots um, is being filmed there and will show here, uh, and certainly that's uh, due to all the different restrictions that we have. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the next topic. finish today's episode with uh, a story that's a little bit more inside baseball than what our normal inside baseball stories on this show normally are. Uh, on Friday, Broadway.News reported that the ticketing application to Daytix has raised a $73 million funding round led by private equity firms, and that Todaytix is going to use that money, at least in part, to buy out its previous investors in order to consolidate all of the uh, the equity into the company. In addition, this plan is going to allow Today Ticks to move beyond just the theatrical ticketing that they're doing currently in New York and their other main markets. They're going to be able to move their ticketing to also include sports, concerts, and a lot of other um, places that sell tickets as well. We are joined by friend of the show, Oliver Roth. One, because he's a great insight into uh, the business side of theater, but also because he is one of the initial investors or one of the previous investors of Today Ticks that's either going to be or is about to be or already has been bought out because of this $73 million yeah. capitalization round. So Oliver, thank you for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me. I think this is the yeah. first time on the show that you haven't haven't given me first, middle, and last name. Uh, well, actually, but, did- but, but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, you do a little bit of, like on on your podcast. You just say Oliver Roth. Yeah, but like it, it's the it's Henry, confusing. That, I I know the Henry on social media and stuff. Well, anyway, yeah. no, it's good. We'll figure it's it good. out. It's good. Yeah. All right, good. Um, so I don't know uh, how much there is in that Broadway News article that, um, or if there's anything beyond that. But from, can you just give us a little bit of a background as to when yeah. you got involved with Today Ticks sure. and and what that's been like. So today, Tix uh, has been, um, you know, rapidly expanding for, for for years now. I think they had a really great, like they 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 launched um, and immediately, like pretty immediately, became a great you know ticketing uh, service. And uh, of course, that means that they've, uh, as the years went by, I think it was started in May, in like 2013. Um, and as years went by, they had uh, they, they opened new locations. They just were moving more tickets, um, and that required. Uh, uh, that presented opportunities and also required certain, um, you know, operational, 
logistics that required funding. And so they've sort of slowly, um, like any startup, uh, tech startup, uh, raised funding to help fuel that as they expanded because they uh, were growing so, so rapidly. Um, and we came, I think about two years ago, uh, we were part of, you know, had invested uh, as part of one of these fundraising um, rounds that they did. Uh, it was sort of right before, they had already started going into different different um, cities other than New York, but I think that they were, uh, that was working for them. They wanted to keep expanding. I know they keep, they, they, that part of what they said um, in the press release and, and, new, and news coverage about this, this most recent um, round of funding was uh, that they are excited about including even more uh, geographic areas. Uh, so we came on about, like, about two years ago um, as part of one of those round, uh, um, uh, funding rounds. I think they've had at least one other since then before this, uh, this has happened. Um, and I think you know, for today ticks um, in, in general, um, part of the plan was always to find a eventually find a partner um, like I think they, they just did in, in um, Great Hill uh, Partners, which is what this, this news story is about, that like was uh, somewhere on the spectrum, but so, like, a, like a sort of tech slash entertainment, um, uh, you know, saying this is what their goal was. This was to find some, someone, a company that could really take them to the next level eventually once they felt like they got to themselves. And so I think a lot of what uh, I take from, from this just to sort of kick things off is like, they're, they've grown to where they could grow off these sort of um, some institutional but also individual uh, and, and some venture capital funding that they've been doing for over the past few years. And now they're ready to sort of enter phase, I don't know what number, with, with where the company's going. So I'm looking at uh, Crunchbase, and they've had $88.7 million in four rounds of, of uh, fundraising uh, 2013, 2014, 2016, and of course 2019, with the with Great Hill Partners 73 million dollar funding. Um, n- now I'm not asking you to uh, divulge anything that is not. I just w- want to get you know, if you were uninvolved with uh, these funding rounds, uh, yeah. Today's t- today ticks. Uh, it, you know, we've traditionally been locked into having to either buy from Ticketmaster or Telecharge or pay um, uh, se- secondary uh, market prices uh, through other uh, other venues. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like an eBay or uh, what's the um, what's the big ticketing? Like StubHub. Uh, StubHub. StubHub. Yeah. So is today ticks. Do you see that as uh, today ticks being a competitor to Ticketmaster Telecharge, or do you think it's a competitor against StubHub? So, so it's it's funny. Uh, so first, first I just want to say, you know, though I though we did participate, uh, though Henry Productions, the production company that I run, uh, did participate in funding. I really don't know anything more about the internal yeah. works of the organization than anyone else does. So, so I should just say that. Um, it was sort of a strict, you know, investment mm-hmm. uh, because I saw what they were doing and I thought they were doing a great job with it. Um, it's funny you bring that up because I, in one of the articles that I read about this, um, uh, you know, there was a lot of press in both the Broadway sort of news cycles and also uh, the tech and just business news cycles about a $73 million investment going on. Um, and uh, they cl- today Tick sort of claims that they feel their competition is more uh, more in the – 
non like sort of other ways that you could spend money um, because what they're trying to do so so they're arguing that they're, they're sort of uh, the conception of things is that they're not an, uh, a competitor to StubHub or Telecharge. Um, I'll more directly answer your question about that in a second though. But what they view it as is because they're offering such a unique way to buy a ticket because they were really the first per- people to come on the scene and say in you know 30 seconds off the mobile app you can buy a, a Broadway show ticket as opposed to the like really arduous process that you know Telecharge or Ticketmaster uh, has been to buy something even on your computer. Um, so in that way, they're, the way they, they you know, articulated this in, in one of the interviews I read was that they really view their competition more of like Netflix or like the bar down the street because what they're trying to do is penetrate um, a market that Broadway hasn't really been able to penetrate, which is that it's just going to be like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, let's go see a show. Um, whereas in you know in the past, before things like Today Takes were, were around, um, you know we know that one of our biggest problems on Broadway is that it hasn't been very easy to be a last minute um, decision. So that's sort of what they say is that they're more like a, you know the the question you know a, a competitor to a movie theater or a bar down the street because they want you to go to a show rather than that, but. I think that, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure that they have numbers somewhere about how many, about, you know, some estimate of how many tickets they think that of what they've sold over the past uh, however many years are tickets that, you know, are from entirely new demographics and audiences. But um, I think that they really are a tool to supplement Telecharge and Ticketmaster. They're not StubHub because there's no, I don't think there's any resale on, on it. Um, uh, on the on the platform, um, I don't see them as a com- well. I guess technically they are a competitor to Telecharge and Ticketmaster, but I, I do think that they're right in that um, they're competing with those companies. But what they're succeeding at is in is it competing by by not penetrating the market that Telecharge and, and Ticketmaster have already like I know held, but actually inviting new audiences to be consumers in that marketplace. I really do think that that's, you know, having not really looked at exactly what the numbers are, other than other than knowing, I mean, I, I, you know, the most recent numbers I did look at are that if you look at, you know, every year the Broadway League puts out the demographics of a Broadway audience, and the demographics of Today Ticks, con- uh, like uh, conversions and consumers of tickets to Today Ticks is, at least age-wise, the exact opposite. It's like almost all below 30, whereas you know uh, almost all the tickets uh, that are sold usually on Broadway are, are above. So I think there is some truth in that, if that answers the question at all. So, uh, you know, the uh, it's hard to be a competitor to Telecharge because it's, uh, you know, a, a branch of, of Schubert, which, yeah. you know, is sort of, you know... Uh, very, you know, uh, you're going right to the source there. Sure. It, it's sort of like the airline industry Sabre system, where uh-huh. all of your flights, uh, no, no matter what airline, are cleared through Sabre. All tickets are sort of uh, cleared through um, the telecharge system for the houses that are related to telecharge. So um, I think the value proposition of, of Today Chicks is that it was much easy it's much easier to use the today ticks app for many people than it is to use the ticketmaster or telecharge website so mm. uh i i wonder if that if the today ticks will provide technology services up 
the channel to the Ticketmaster and Telecharges and the other venues that they're expanding into, whether it be sports and concerts and other locations around the nation, around the world. So uh, do, do you have a feel for that from speaking to audience members? I mean, I think there's um, there's not a doubt that what Today Fix did was solve the problem that I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to probably be bad for me to say, but like, Telecharge is awful. I mean, I, it's, I'm, I don't even. No, I don't no, even that's a well known. It's it's, it's open like, secret. And, 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 I, and I have to say, like, and this is getting a little bit away from the question, but I have to say, like, like speaking of telecharge being awful, I don't know if anyone out there or if you, James or, or Matt, have had this issue, but honestly, starting about, it has to have been three, four months now. There's been this bug on telecharge where if you go into try to buy a ticket, it just should, like the 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 thing where you're supposed to select your seats just shows like an empty inside of a theater with where there are no seats in it. I don't know oh, if that's, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, uh-huh. I, sure. I, I mean, and I've, and I've had this many times over the past, uh, you know, uh, months that, and it hasn't been fixed. And I've, and I have literally not bought in tickets to things because of that. Um, I, I, Beetlejuice the other day, I literally couldn't figure out, I couldn't buy a ticket because it, the, 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 um, the website was malfunctioning. So I just walked up, and I ended up buying a, a cheap, you know, like last minute rush ticket, which I wouldn't have been able to get online. I was I was willing to pay a much higher price for probably the same seat. But anyway, it just goes to say, like telecharge these because they've been unchecked for so long because of, like you say, it being like a, a, a owned by it. It's it's an awful product. It's awful. And so I think two things. One is I think that just by nature of competition, like. Um, look, at the end of the day, Telecharge, it, it, Schubert's are making the money whether you buy it on Telecharge or TodayTix. And I'm sure the margins are maybe a little bit different. But so, so maybe competition will require that Telecharge and Ticketmaster and all these other services like get with the program at, so that, you know, I mean, already it's been how many years and already TodayTix is selling. I think, they, I think it's 8% of all tickets on Broadway in the last year. Which is huge for a brand new company that 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 four years ago people said this is the problem with Broadway and ticketing is that no one can break in because there's, right like it's it's a really huge accomplishment. So I think that the the answer to your question is a hopefully hopefully competition will require innovation uh, down the you know down the stream from the other companies. Um, but second, I also just think like I think today takes sort of like cracked the. The code and like I think I think the Tix just works in a way that these other services don't and uh, and I actually think that's and and look it, it would have been it could have been the case that in 2013 when Tix was starting to be a thing that someone at Telecharge or you know any other ticket like was like oh this is smart we should just make an app that like works let's invest in that and they would have potentially cut off a lot of revenue streams for today ticks and but also like fix their, their their software but they haven't and so today ticks is now years underway in so many different cities um and i actually think like has isn't is positioned to be a leader now in ticketing technology um and so it's really exciting to me that they want to go into sports and they want to into concerting and they want to go i mean at, you know in, in in some of these interviews and i don't know if that if, if this is if they're already doing this or not but when you read some of these interviews that um that their founders, um, Brian and, um, oh, what's, uh, uh, anyway, that their founders have been giving, um, it, uh, it, it's really clear to me that 
what they're also looking at is like maybe you can buy your museum admission tickets from today ticks um because their their whole thing is like they actually just want to be like uh the one-stop shop for cultural uh for access to sort of arts and culture in a city um that's their i think expansion plan um so so roundabout way of answering your question is like i hope that it leads to um just a better ticketing experience for all of us but like uh, at least on broadway it's so miserable right now that um I don't know. I think part of the reason why they why they are where they are is because they found a way to innovate in the in the ticketing area without, for some reason, without like dealing with these current companies figuring out that they actually figured out a better way than they currently have. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think the takeaways from this conversation are a. Tony-nominated Broadway producer Oliver Henry Roth says that the Schubert organization is horrible and miserable. That's yeah, what you yeah. said. I have it on tape. Telechar- I, I will go on record and say that Telechar is a horrible and miserable oh, product. Okay, but not I'm the not, entire but, Schubert but I'm not, organization. But I'm, but, I'm not, but I'm saying that as a consumer, mostly. Yeah, of course. Um, it really um, I mean, it's impossible to buy a ticket. The, the difference is that I have – yes, there are bugs with Telecharge, and I had them this past week. But the one thing that I will say is the difference between – what I get on Telecharge and even uh, Ticketmaster and TodayTix is while they all have fees, TodayTix tend to be much higher. Now, they have fee-free shows and ways to get tickets, but they are a non-direct ticketing organization. So they are a lot like Broadway.com where you might be paying an exorbitant amount for the right to buy a ticket that you could get on one of these other sites. So that's where my issue comes with today ticks. And I, to be honest with you, I've only used them once and I don't even really look at them anymore because of that experience. So if they are going to go down this route, I hope that they choose to do it with the idea in mind that this younger generation, people that are younger than me and, and probably even younger than you, Oliver, um, they are conscientious about those things and they're going to try to they're willing to shop around. So by just putting more and more fees in with this equity firm behind it now, I, I think the the impetus might be to increase the margins and to con- increase the revenue per ticket purchased. So I would I, I hope that they don't just keep adding that on as fees on top of the ticket prices, because yeah. then that negates the value of a today ticks. I mean, but, but sort of like this is sort of what I'm talking like. Y- so yeah, so objectively, today ticks is not the most ideal. Like you know, you don't have as much. In most cases, you you can't pick your seat. In most cases, you're getting like a fifteen dollar charge on what is in a lot of. I mean, a lot. I don't know what the average ticket price is on of things on there, but when I buy on there, they're generally like maybe fifty dollars. So a fifteen dollar fee is a huge percentage of that. Um, yet, look at how they are the most you know quickly rising. Uh, purchase point, you know, purchase access, you know, purchase uh, window for theater goers. I mean, they went from, you know, they're doing 8% of all tickets on Broadway this year and 4% of all West End shows. Um, and they are not the, like, the consumer is going to get a better price and probably a better product, like ticket, you know, because they can pick the ticket if they pay elsewhere, but it's a headache. And today they just made it really easy. And the cost of convenience, I think, Today, six realized in this market is actually quite high. I do think that though, the hope is that with with some with you know with this company coming on board, um, that maybe what they can do is just find is like finally make, get those conversations to play, to get the the telecharges and the ticket masters of the world to play nicer with today ticks so that they don't have to charge so much 
and still make a buck. You know, I mean, the way today takes started breaking the system it, because because no one will get just none of these theaters will give third party vendors access to their inventory, you know, like a, a like a through an API or anything is just sending interns and uh, people to the box office to, to purchase, you know, and that's why on today takes even still sometimes when you pick up your tickets, you have to meet the guy, the person outside who is who already has them in an envelope. Um, because they had they had to actually go out and, and do the, the purchasing themselves. That's an expensive operation to keep up. And it's only the, but the reason why it had to happen is because the old the, the old like mindset that that's running the ticketing, the Broadway ticketing business right now and running the telecharge, you know, and, and Ticketmaster issues it, it won't let them like have a, you know, uh, sort of, you know, James, like, you know, it, in the airline industry, I think it's much easier. They don't have that access. Um, yeah. But I will say, like, just also, just I think that the the so this is all really interesting about ticketing in general and about what they're doing. But I think that the big the fact that they got this huge investment um, from this venture capital firm that also, like, if you look at what they've done, you know, they're they're in a lot of like apparel companies and tech companies, and this seems a little bit left field for them in that um, they're definitely like a tech and web. For their, they don't really have any other investments in theater-related or, or entertainment-related um, companies, as far as I understand. Um, but what's super exciting about that is, like, here's a company that was born and bred in Times Square that um, saw an issue with the industry, figured out a solution, you know, and and very like I think it's a very innovative solution. It does cost a lot, and they figured out the right price point to to make it work. And now they're going to be rewarded in a really huge way. Um, and so I think like just in thinking about the future of the industry, it's, it's sort of, there's not like all hope is not lost that our industry might be able to keep up with the times and become, um, and continue to innovate in a way that a lot of other, other industries have been able to, that we haven't been, I think, um, like this was a, I think a win for innovation on Broadway and I hope to see more of it because of that. All right. Well, Oliver, thank you. Oliver yeah. Henry Roth, thank you for <laughs> joining us on Broadway Radio once again. Thanks very much, guys. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Okay, Matt, why don't you wrap us up? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from Broadway... Broad... Bleh. Broadway... <laughs> And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And uh, don't forget to follow BWW Matt, whose new best friend is Jaime Camille. And, uh, <laughs> and Matt and I will come and talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>